What's up, everyone? It's Emmanuel, and you're listening to Crypto Testers, a new podcast focusing on consumer applications in the crypto industry. Today, I talk to Anthony Trenchev, the CEO of Nexo. Nexo provides crypto-backed loans, which means you can give them your Bitcoin or Ether and receive an instant loan paid out in euros or dollars or other currencies. They have processed more than $1.5 billion in loans to date and are growing massively in all metrics. We talk about why crypto-backed loans are so interesting compared to the traditional way of taking loans, about the fierce competition in the sector and how Nexus stands out, the profiles of their users, the promise of DeFi, decentralized finance, and many other topics. I hope you like it. I think it's a very interesting episode. But before, I want to thank Bitwalla for sponsoring the podcast. Bitwalla is Germany's crypto flagship company. They provide a European bank account with integrated Bitcoin and Ethereum wallets, which allow you to easily move your money between your crypto wallets and your bank account. They also provide you with a debit card that makes it even easier to spend your crypto in stores and online, basically anywhere where MasterCard cards are accepted. Another advantage of the bank account is that your euro deposits are protected up until 100,000 euros. So for those of you who want to manage all of the finances in one app, both fiat and crypto, Bitwalla is the way to go. They even have a promo right now. If you live in the European Union and sign up before the 31st of May, you get 35 euros as a welcome gift. You just need to sign up using our special sign-up link, which I'll post in the podcast notes. Hi, Anthony. Glad to have you on the show and talk about what at least seems from the outside one of the fastest growing sectors in the crypto industry, crypto lending. But let's start with a quick introduction. Who are you and how did you get to found Nexo? Sure. Well, thanks for having me on, first of all. Uh, my name is Anthony Trenchev, and I am the co-founder and managing partner of Nexo, which uh, for those who don't know anything about us, uh, we are the world's largest crypto-backed lender. So, you know, we have been around for more than two years now, which is a lifetime in crypto. And we have been offering a plethora of different uh, products to the crypto lending, uh, to the crypto blockchain space. Most notably, this will be our um, you know, crypto-backed loans, the very basic concept that uh, you have crypto, you believe it's going higher rather than selling it in, at intermediary highs, you borrow against your crypto rather than sell it. And then the second product would be uh, what we find a unique offering and namely to give investors in the blockchain space but also beyond the means to earn interest on their various idle assets or surplus assets and around that we are bringing not only the blockchain space but uh, you know the more traditional like fintech a suite of tools and offers which offers you the all-around banking product structured around digital assets. Cool. Yeah, you just mentioned you have several products, but I guess your first product were crypto loans, probably still yeah, the 
most important product or at least flagship product. Can you explain how they work? Like what are the steps for a user to get such a crypto-backed loan? Sure. Just purely the steps, you know, they say all good things in life are threes. With us, it's really uh, three easy steps to get onboarded. Uh, and to receive your instant credit line with Nexo. It's really simple, smooth, customer-centric experience. You come to the platform, conduct very quick KYC, usually is completed within two minutes. You deposit then uh, the crypto asset of your choice. More likely than not, this would be Bitcoin. Uh, once it's confirmed, that is with a third-party custodian. Um, we use a couple of different offerings here, but predominantly BitGo. You then, as soon as the crypto is secured over there, you get extended an instant credit line. Could be in stable coins. It could be in 45 different fiat currencies, whatever your particular needs are. And, you know, you're good to go. You can withdraw it uh, to your bank. You can spend it almost instantaneously, uh, usually within a few hours at the very latest next day, should be good to go. It truly is the best of both worlds because it allows you to retain the ownership of your crypto assets and hold on to them for longer periods than you would actually be able to uh, should you have a particular uh, financial obligation coming up or you know, something else that would prompt you to sell it under normal circumstances and before Nexo was around. And now you have this possibility of borrowing against your crypto in a very tax efficient, very quick and swift way so that you access the value of your crypto without actually selling it. And, you know, the beauty of it is that uh, Nexo's crypto credit lines, they are actually flexible meaning that if Bitcoin doubles and the price goes up, so does your crypto credit line. It gets extended proportionally. And, you know, this is what Nexo is ultimately all about, providing you efficiency to structure your own finances in the most efficient way and in light with what, uh, you know, Satoshi had in mind when he invented Bitcoin and the whole concept of you being your own bank, doing business on your own terms. We are there to bridge the gap between this very nascent young industry, which might have some shortfallings in terms of, um, you know, user friendliness, uh, ease of access. And uh, on the one hand, you know, the sovereignty that it goes with. And then on the other hand, the bridge with traditional finance, you know, fiat currencies, which inevitably we're going to need for the foreseeable future for various reasons. We are this bridge, this gateway between the two. Yeah, I must say I'm personally also a big fan of this concept of crypto-backed loans. Like if you consider Bitcoin to be an asset like gold, it makes total sense to use this asset as a security to get a loan. And unlike gold, you can transfer a Bitcoin to a company like, like Nexo in a digital way. And you, Nexo, you know that this Bitcoin is not fake because those are the properties of, of Bitcoin. So you are able to basically instantly give me a credit line. And if you compare this to other assets that have been used as securities before, like yeah, gold or even 
houses and stuff like that those are like highly yeah local markets like gold i have to walk into a store most likely and get it valued and with with bitcoin it's yeah it's highly liquid you next so you know that it's valuable and i i think that's uh, yeah one aspect of of bitcoin that is very underappreciated um can you maybe talk about who are the users that take crypto back loans with Nexo? What are the scenarios where you have noticed that people think it makes sense and, and come towards you? Let's do that. But just before that, Emmanuel, I want to correct you here real quick uh, with regards to gold. I think Bitcoin and gold are very much alike. And, uh, you know, we have taken it upon us to devise a product and a solution for the gold bugs. All of us at Nexo, or at least the majority here at Nexo, and the, definitely the co-founders, we are gold bugs. So we do have a solution for gold. We have been working uh, initially with Pax Gold, which essentially have tokenized gold. And now you have ownership of physical gold, which is stored away in uh, vaults in, in, in London and you can track it, you can see the gold is really there and it has merged with blockchain technology to the point where you know you have these tokens which are the digital representation of the gold that is in the vault over there so you get the best of both worlds, you get the transferability and ease of transferability that has come to be synonymous with cryptocurrencies now with gold and on top of that, where Nexo comes in, you can actually now deposit these tokens representing digitized gold on the platform and you can get a loan against your gold. So what used to be uh, reserved for the privileged few with you know, the Swiss bank accounts and the gold in the vaults there is now accessible to anyone with as little as $1,000. So you know, we are, as I said, the gateway bridging the gap. We have um, found a way to bring gold into the blockchain space and it has been tremendous interest, which softly leads us up to answering the, the, the question that you asked, what are some of the use cases? We are seeing uh, lately quite a few gold bugs, people that have bought physical gold, which is represented by uh, by the various tokens um, uh, that provide such a solution and the borrowing against it. This has obviously been exacerbated by, uh, you know, the, the, the dramatic market correction that we saw in the traditional financial sectors among uh, across equities and bonds, and, you know, initially commodities, though gold has rallied. So we see this newfound interest in gold. So quite a few digital gold bugs, if you would, are coming to experiment and explore the offering of Nexo. Uh, we had the halving, uh, you know, two weeks ago. So around that time, we had a very huge influx of miners looking for uh, solutions as to how to secure the pricing of their Bitcoin without selling it. You know, we have been very active to uh, provide OTC that's over-the-counter solution to some of the larger miners in the form of different options, uh, customized, bespoke, tailor-made loans to them so that they they can meet their 
particular needs with uh, you know bitcoins rewards being halved now they have to come up with more creative ways uh what else you got everyday investors who hold some bitcoin they believe because of the uh, inflationary pressures which we are going to see out of this insane uh money printing machine we've seen more than six trillion being pumped into the system. Uh, it's going probably to be uh, more than eight uh, by the time we're done with uh, the anti-crisis measure, uh, measures that have been taken across the world. So we see people who, you know, they might have margin calls on their uh, traditional portfolios they might have to you know uh, house prices going down and they need more collateral they hold bitcoin but they know that bitcoin bitcoin is emerging as this sort of uh new asset class digital gold so they want to hold on to it they then discover that the ultimate way to be able to continue to hold on to an asset that has outperform any other asset is to borrow against it rather than sell it because if you know if you have some trend following strategies or do believe that the fiat implosion that we're seeing right now thanks to the central banks is going to continue then you know bitcoin is going to continue to rally or at least have that belief so anyone we have institutions we have miners we have gold bucks we have individual investors just about anyone who sees the bigger macro picture as we see it and as the crypto blockchain space sees it is a client of Nexo and they have been very actively uh, taking out loans this past few months. That's really interesting. And I guess the reason miners would take a crypto back loan is that they are earning income in something like Bitcoin but they have operating expenditures in fiat and dollars, obviously, because they need to pay electricity bills and machines, equipment, employees. And in the same time, they don't want to sell their Bitcoin because they believe the asset price will be rising. Is, is that correct? Absolutely. There are a couple of considerations here. First of all, you know, just before, like a month before the halving or maybe two months before the halving, we had Bitcoin traded something like 3,900. So obviously this was actually uh, in some parts of the world, this was below the actual cost of mining a Bitcoin. So, you know, you have to view it from the mentality of the miners. They knew this is unsustainable. These are low prices, but if you have to pay your electricity or you got to buy new equipment, obviously you have to, uh, have fiat money more likely than not. I don't know a single uh, utilities provider who yet accepts Bitcoin, but you know, you got to pay electricity or something. So, this was one concern is this temporary fi uh, bridge financing almost. Uh, so, that was, uh, you know, the thinking during the, the initial sell off that we saw during Bitcoin, uh, during uh, the COVID um, induced. Uh, market correction, which did not initially uh, spare Bitcoin either. So this one consideration. And then second of all, 
you know, around the halving, you knew that when the reward gets cut, the logical conclusion was that Bitcoin is bound to reach, you know, seven, eight thousand and find a, <laughs> uh, I wanted to say permanently high plateau, but, you know, the, the last economist who used that uh, term in the 1920s, it was just the day before the, the biggest sell-off on Wall Street history. So you got to be careful with that. But, but you, they knew that this is going to be like, you know, at le- it's going to reach that level and it's going to at least be sort of a, um, a support line uh, coming down after it. So, you know, this, this was also a reason why you would take uh, a loan rather than sell it. And then the, the, the angle that increasingly more people and especially the miners come to realize is uh, the tax angle. It's this what has been due to the Bitcoin, uh, the, the billionaire strategy, this concept that it's much better to borrow against your assets. And this is what anyone in Silicon Valley has been doing for the past 30 years. They borrow against their stock or in our case against uh, digital assets rather than sell it because this does not trigger tax obligations. So you save on tax. And if you're in the US, you know, this could be anywhere up to 40, 44%. So half of the pie is gone. And borrowing uh, against your asset, whatever it might be, is much more tax efficient. You can actually write off, I don't want to get tax advice here, but you know, the repayments, you can actually, you know, account them uh, towards your overall tax obligation and it actually gets reduced. Yeah. And it's so nice that this is now available to retail investors through this new asset class that is Bitcoin, because I believe before, even if I would own some shares in Facebook or something, I guess it's hard to obtain a loan against that if I'm just like a average Joe. Is that correct? Well, there are some brokers that would offer you, you know, loans against your portfolio. But, you know, with blockchains, with Nexo, like as soon as we know you're not some ill actor who has stolen the Bitcoin, as soon as we know who you are, have a general sense that you're not your crypto has not been associated with the dark web or, you know, some ransom software, for instance, you're good to go. You don't need to have a Charles Schwab or, uh, I don't know, interactive brokers account, which is accessible to very, very, obviously to the people in Western Europe and, and the United States. We don't have to worry about that, but there is a whole another type of customer potentially coming in and this could be i don't know a person having a hundred bucks somewhere in in africa they now have access to the same structured products and opportunities that we have grown accustomed in the west and take for granted but this is by no means a given for billions and billions of people and i think this is one of the uh, most exciting value propositions of crypto as a whole is this idea of inclusiveness across the board. As soon as you have internet, you got an iPhone or not even an iPhone, a smartphone, you uh, have very little barriers in front of you to participate in this Western-like wealth creation and even portfolio management. And you mentioned that you are able to pay out in 
45 different currencies in addition to stable coins that is how important is it for you to be able to serve customers globally how how big of a share in your user base um, represent let's say countries outside of the eu and the united states well it's a great question and uh, not easy one to answer when somebody asks us where your customer from and i say everywhere and it's truly from everywhere because mm -hmm. like you know with wealth and money it's not a bell curve distribution you know the the the, the classic example where you you can have the tallest person in the world in the room full of 50 people and if you average out their height it would still be very very close to you know what the average person's height is and with money and with wealth it's very difficult to to do the same because if bill gates is in the room you know there might be like a billion people around it and they still might have just a fraction of his wealth so the distribution of our clients you know we could have like one major client i don't know from uh, argentina and then you know looking on the map you'll say okay we have x percentage rate of uh you know the total client base from argentina so it's just a bit perplexing so we truly have people from everywhere and it comes back to this idea that you know there are people who are very early in crypto and they are sitting now on this large piles of how should i phrase this fiat wealth denominated in bitcoin so you know it could very easily distort the picture but we truly have clients from every corner of the world and sometimes you would be amazed at what a single person can hold in a country you would consider a third world country or whatever and it's really exciting and it's really touching and it's precisely what blockchain and bitcoin and crypto is all about is this distribution of uh of assets across the world there are no limits to what potentially can be achieved and we see that through the clients of nexo that it really is so can you talk a bit about what went into the product because you mentioned a few things like custody with bitco amongst others uh, you can pay out in 45 different currencies I imagine you must also receive credit lines from from banks or something so you're able to uh, pay out your customers unless you have that on your balance sheet and there's licenses can, can you talk a bit like what went into the product when you started building this sure well the initially the idea it was one of the other code co-founders idea like the very genesis of nexo is is costa's idea he developed it out of the need because he was early on bitcoin right and he was sitting on bitcoin and he saw essentially the future that this is bound to go much much higher and he wanted to leverage that position I'm talking about 2013 2014 where there was no meaningful bitcoin infrastructure to speak of so he was looking for essentially a digital pawn shop where he could give his bitcoin they give him some type of other currency and he buys more bitcoin turns out there's nothing like that so this is how the the, the very basic idea uh, got developed and it's like you know back in the day before me going into nexo it's like i was always very protective of the idea you know you don't share a great idea well the truth of the matter is i like i i have dozens of brilliant ideas and 
you know, it's the implementation, the devil's in the details, it's the actual execution. So I can share you the greatest idea in the world, but if you don't know how to pull it off, you know, it remains just that, an idea. So we gathered together, started thinking, and, uh, you know, our background is in fintech. We have been in the credit facilitation business in the traditional sense of the word, where it's all fiat for more than 13 years now. So we knew how to build companies that are uh, internet only, meaning that there is no physical branches where you come and conduct your business. It's only online. And, you know, we were very quick to develop the product. But if you want to provide customers in 200 jurisdictions the way we do today, it's not only having the website and great interface and, you know, setting up the custody and the payout options. You have to worry about compliance. You have to worry about fraud. You have to worry about licensing. You have to worry about even what a G20 meeting could say about crypto, you know, what the world's leaders think of it so that you can have this holistic picture, a 3D image, if you would, of what is happening, where is this going, is the Fed going to outlaw it, are the banks going to continue providing the gateways between fiat and crypto, the on and off ramps, how do I make sure that we can continue providing our customers in 45 uh, different fiat currencies and throughout the world? So it's really, really a complicated endeavor. And that's why we started off, uh, you know, a few enthusiasts in the group. And we're now over 90 people and continuing to be on a hiring spree. So it is precisely what you would imagine a traditional financial institution to be is just that those are initially bound and limited to a particular jurisdiction and a market and with our case we could instantly be a global enterprise to the fullest sense of the of the, of the world where you know we that there's apart from the blacklisted country there's very few jurisdictions that we don't surf right now and where we don't have customers from. So it is what you mentioned, it's all of the above. It's payment gateways, it's banking relationships, it's securing uh, finance at favorable terms so that we could not overburden our customers. It is compliance, it is licensing on a global scale. We are truly on a license acquisition crusade. Yeah, we have like top professionals working on that with law firms around the world, ensuring continued compliance and just anything you would expect a traditional financial institution to adhere to. Right. And so the business model in a, in a nutshell, in a very simplified way is that you receive a credit line from a bank and you pass a credit line onto a consumer who has given you Bitcoin as a security and let's say you receive money from the bank for 2% and the user pays maybe 5% on, on, the, on the crypto-backed loan, then uh, you pocket 3% um, as, a, as a profit, basically. Is, is that how it works? Yes and no. Uh, first of all, we did a token sale in 2018. So we were, <laughs> to borrow... Uh, we were in a position 
where to borrow from Elon Musk, funding was secured <laughs> for the initial boost. So, uh, you know, that was one of the great things and the great uh, opportunistic chances that we had with Nexo, you know, securing funding at the really, really early stage, which is something that apart from the uh, dot-com bubble of the early 2000s, I don't think, Apart from that and the ICO craze of 2017, 2018, I don't think we've seen anything like this, you know, securing funding at such an early stage with so little strings attached. So we did like initially, obviously we had some liquidity to provide uh, provide the loans from our, uh, from our own books. Uh, then obviously we have been in talks and we have great partners at traditional financial institutions, which are liquidity providers. And then last but not least, we uh, received funding from the other product uh, that we have um, at Nexo, which is the ability to earn interest currently 8% per year on uh, your fiat currencies and stable coins. So those, Obviously, when you give them to us, we would then use those funds to extend credit lines to the other parts of the transaction, uh, the crypto bank borrowers. So it's, in that sense, it is what the traditional bank would be doing, you know, having fixed deposits where they receive funds and they pass it on to businesses and individuals. It's just that with us, everything is fully collateralized, which is not something that every crypto lender in in the space can claim and you know if you go through the trouble of actually researching that you'll see that some of our competitors they are fine with a higher degree of risk where they give out uncollateralized loans on both ends you know against crypto but also in fiat so but we just never uh, were comfortable with that risk to, to our to our risk management models. This is a recipe for disaster and this is why we are different. I did not know that you conducted a, a token sale. So you are actually one of the only companies that put that money to good use, I guess. Um, yeah, <laughs> but th this brings me on to the kind of next question. Um, I have the feeling from the outside that it's a very competitive sector that you're in there are a number of players who are trying to expand aggressively is my feeling I, i see ads everywhere and some providers even pay users for making their first deposit and it makes sense because as you mentioned it's a, uh, a sector with a clear business model and there's a yeah, clear demand for it um, so how how do you view this market and was it important for you to Uh, get this ICO financing maybe also to, to reach a critical mass quickly? Yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, having the funds so early on was, was liberating in, in many ways. We, we had the means to finance the loans, to advertise, if you will, to conduct marketing, to recruit great talent and take the whole thing to the next level, to ensure compliance, to be on this license acquisition crusade that I mentioned, uh, all of that was great. Uh, 
not to toot my own horn or our own horn here, but like you know, less than 13% of all ICOs companies ever delivered any product. And we delivered a fully working platform a month after the funding round was closed. So that was great in many ways. But uh, as you rightly pointed out, you know, we have to keep our eye on the future and see where the space as such is going and what are the risks, how do we manage it properly, how we do make sure that nobody gets burned because like, as with any sector where, where there is money to be made, it's very competitive. New uh, players and actors are coming in every day. And, you know, as you, again, rightly pointed out, some of them are basically gifting money. They're paying you to come on their platform. And this reminds me uh, of, uh, you know, the WeWorks and the Ubers of this world, which during the bull run that we have been ever since uh, 2009 where when equity markets bottom out i think around march 2009 we have been in a continuous upswing across uh, the global markets it was just a general bull run fueled by cheap money from the central banks and to me this was like okay it will last and go well as long as the music keeps on playing, but ultimately this is going to end in tears because this is just simply unsustainable on a fundamental basis. You, you, it's a recipe for disaster. You can have $8 trillion more than yesterday competing for the same amounts of goods, services, and hard assets, and this not result in inflationary pressures this just simply doesn't work you can't build a company around the premise i'm going to burn millions and even in some cases billions of dollars in customer acquisition and depend that i would always get a higher valuation out of the vcs of this world and you know until until i've crushed any comparable service and then I can turn to profit. To us at Nexo, this was always bound to be a temporary thing and I think this is slowly but surely unfolding. If you see how the uh, the companies that uh, fueled their models upon this have performed in the recent past and you know some of the, the private finance rounds, you know, I don't want to necessarily point to particular names but we had like a company like Monzo in the UK who provide a great product uh, and we love using it you know having the free card you know zero FX zero ATM fees zero anything fees but you know they recently closed the round of uh, VC a VC round which brought their valuation in half from two billion to one billion so you can see how this uh, has got us worried. So at Nexo, we devised a model that would make sense. You know, we would have an advertising budget, you know, in line with what we are actually earning so that it makes sense and over the long run and even in bear markets. So, you know, this is how we think we'll stay competitive over the long run, having a sustainable business model, not taking, uh, not taking unnecessary risk. And this is also goes in line with what I said about earlier, having 
securitization and collateralization on any type of business we conduct and you know best of luck to the guys who think that it will be all good otherwise but with a volatile nascent industry uh, that we have in crypto right now and where we are in the overall business cycle after 10 years of a bull run i think the risks are on the downside then on the melt up side and we are trying to conduct our business at next in light of that so that we continue to be profitable even uh, in economically challenging times yeah that makes sense so you're all about building a sustainable business that's good um can you talk a bit about the uh, nexo token then uh, since you conducted an ico what's the function there well, a couple of things. There are certain utilities that go uh, in hand with the Nexo token. You you can repay your credit line using the Nexo token, which um, gives you a heavy a hefty discount on the interest rate. You can bring it down to only five point nine percent per year if you use the Nexo token. You can borrow against the Nexo token on the platform securing a credit line, uh, which is secured by the Nexo token that you hold. We are actually now in the process of restructuring some of the utilities, what we call utilities 2.0. They are around the corner and I'm confident we'll be announcing the ins and outs of it um, very soon. It's heavily connected to the Nexo MasterCard. It will give you great perks in line with what uh, credit uh, credit card market would expect, you know, certain privileges, would that be uh, lounge access, you know, or something more uh, convenient and uh, useful <laughs> during the COVID-19 uh, situation that we had like Netflix subscriptions, etc. So this is going to be an all around remake of the utilities that, uh, uh, that, that we use and Historically, the, the Nexo token uh, is associated with participation in the financial success of Nexo in the form of dividends. So we pay out 30% of uh, the income that we generate to the token holder, uh, holders in, uh, in the form of dividends. We are going to provide some clarity here. Um, the community is always anxious to hear when the, the next round of dividend distribution is going to be. Obviously, with some of the challenging times of the past few months, timelines have shifted somewhat, but we're going to make uh, clear announcements here very soon. So, you know, these are the basic uh, functionalities of the Nexo token, you know, staking uh, sort of staking rewards and utilities and then the income distribution and participation in the financial success of next and the card is that a product that is going to be rolled out globally or uh, one market at a time well yeah unfortunately there is no such thing as a global uh, rollout of a credit card because you know, the Visas, MasterCards of this world, they have a slightly different business model where, you know, Europe would be one market, then North America would be another, then Southeast Asia, depending on which countries you count in, count in would be another market. So our team 
very good at what they're doing and they're in constant negotiations, renegotiations and development of the card programs in the different regions of the world. So it's going to be a slower rollout. So it won't be simultaneously uh, for every market that we currently serve with the crypto credit lines. But sooner rather than later, we will have the majority of the markets are covered and they would have access to the next one. Well, we'll see what is going to be a MasterCard. You know, the first uh, first ones in Europe is definitely MasterCard, but we'll see how it goes with uh, the rest of the world. And the main advantage for user there is that the speed uh, in which he can use the fiat money, right? If I send you one Bitcoin and I get $5,000 credit line from you and I have an extra credit card, I I can basically instantly spend that money instead of having to wait for two or three days for a bank transfer to settle. Um, are there other advantages to it? Yeah, sure. Uh, there are two distinctive advantages. One is what you just described, like just the sheer efficiency of you getting access to the money, to your money. Uh, it gets even quicker than a bank deposit. You know, in Europe, the SEPA transfer, depending on which bank, so they are there that, that there is even instant SEPA. So even with a bank, you could potentially uh, get going in less than an hour. But with the credit line, with, with the credit cards, it's, it's even quicker because as soon as the, the crypto is confirmed, you can go to your Starbucks, swipe your card, uh, and you know get your latte. So this is like real time. This is why it took a little longer to develop because this was a first for you know, the, the credit card providers themselves, they had, have never, never worked on anything like that. So this is a, obviously a huge advantage. The second would be that, you know, bank transfer, like what you described, where you withdraw 5,000, for instance, to your bank account, this is your credit line, it's 5,000. With a credit line, you, you, you swipe at your local Starbucks, you get your coffee for, I don't know, $5 or whatever the price is of a latte. Uh, right now and you know you only pay interest on the five dollars you don't you you have the available credit line but you only pay interest on what you actually spend so it is cost optimization for the client as well and then i said <laughs> there are two distinct advantages now that we're up to three it's probably even more but the uh, the other advantage is that this card is unique in the sense that yes you got some crypto credit cards which when you swipe your card at the starbucks they sell your crypto at the current market rate and your crypto is gone you don't get to profit from bitcoin continuing to rise whereas when you swipe with us you get extended the credit line your bitcoin gets you know uh, con you continue to profit over rising bitcoin should it continue to rise now this Again, to bring you back to the point of um, of the tax efficiency is very important because very few few people uh, actually realize that when they swipe with the credit card. Okay, let's let's not talk about Starbucks, but let's say you're an Apple store, you buy a five thousand dollar iMac. Now that automatically gets, if you're in New York, forty four percent more expensive because you sold your crypto. That's a taxable event. And, you know, you got to pay uh, capital gains tax all while you were paying for your Mac computer. 
Whereas with the Nexo credit card, you don't do that because you take out a loan to pay for your computer and you actually are saving money big time. Right. And another advantage over, for example, a Coinbase credit card is like you mentioned, uh, there's every time you use your Coinbase card, it sells your crypto for fiat and you pay like a 4% transaction fee on every small uh, purchase. So that really adds up, I guess. Um, yeah, now we, we've talked about crypto loans, but you also offer a crypto savings account. So users can deposit their stable coins with you and earn interest on it. So stable coins, that's, uh, I guess, DAI, USDC, Tether, uh, so dollars on the on the blockchain and often the, the interest rates that they get with you are higher than with banks can you explain what's the business model there and how you are able to generate a yield for your users and bonus points if you can explain that in an easy way because i know it's not an easy topic well, actually, it's not that complicated. It's precisely what a bank would do. You know, we get Tether, DAI, USDC, you name it, from our customers. We pay them const uh, currently 8%. We take that money due to the efficiency of the platform and the fact that Nexo, I want to be unnecessarily modest here, but we are the only, one who, uh, only ones who have design the product that appeals to the retail it's self-serving you come you log in you conduct business on your own terms there's no one you know it's fully automated so we have a constant flow uh, and demand for um, crypto backed loans so we take that stable coins of yours and we extend them at 12 percent to clients who are willing to borrow against the bitcoin well not only willing but they're eager to borrow against the bitcoin so we make money on the spread we borrow at eight we lend the 12 we are making money on the spread of four percent it's really no miracle here and uh, i think that this, the best the best models are the ones that you can explain under 30 seconds and they make sense if i'm taking longer than that and it doesn't make sense it's an unsustainable model and going forward i think we'll see a cleanup, not only in crypto, but generally uh, in business, we're going to see a cleanup uh, or a sweeping of unsustainable business models. So really simple. Nice explanation. Um, lastly, to, to finish, what are your opinions on the decentralized finance space? And the reason I asked this is that I recently saw a transaction on chain where you use the maker protocol which is a system which is in a way a bit similar to nexo but in a in a decentralized way uh, relying only on smart contracts and you got a, a DAI loan so a stablecoin loan with bitcoin and maker currently has a very low interest rates on on loans that are secured with bitcoin so was that a way for Nexo to get a, a cheap liquidity, basically? And yeah, maybe you can answer that and also explain uh, yeah, what you think about decentralized finance in general. Well, I think that you know, 
actions speak louder than words. So given that, I think that it was the largest single transaction uh, in the history of this particular asset. So obviously we think very highly of the DeFi space. We work very closely with some of the guys there historically, you know, when MakerDAO, when last year they had some, uh, I don't want to say difficulties, but some readjustments, readjustments and interest rates went up to 24% a year. What was it? We helped some of their, in partnership with them, we helped some of their clients refinance it. Uh, the lower nexo rates, uh, which brought their interest rate by at, uh, brought down by at least uh, 50%. So, you know, we have a long history of working in synergy with uh, the DeFi space. And I think that ultimately we're headed there. The future is decentralized finance, but this is not going to happen overnight or swiftly or quickly or as quickly as, you know, we in the blockchain space would like it. There are certain things that are inherently off-chain. You know, if you want to get a loan in a fiat currency and not some stable coin replicating a fiat currency for whatever reason, this inherently has to be uh, off-chain and off-DeFi. So, you know, we work uh, with them quite closely. We see the, the 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 offering for what it is how it is progressive how it is useful but there are some shortcomings they're going they're here to stay for at least the very near future so we're trying to even out those inefficiencies so we work in complement not in any type of antagonism with the DeFi space, we ourselves have views as to how in future make certain parts of the Nexo offering decentralized. But as I said, there are some parts of it that uh, are inherently, or at least for the time being, I don't want to predict the future, but they are off-chain, they are of DeFi, and we are there to bridge that gap, which needs bridging, which is the you know, the crypto part and the fiat part and uh, the blockchain traditional uh, infrastructure. So we work in great, uh, great synergies with them and continue to do so. And, you know, as a company which has significant investments now tied up in their products, we, we, we welcome that on, on all layers. Thank you very much. I, would love to continue this conversation, but I promised I would let you go after one hour. So um, thank you very much for your time, Anthony, and all the best for next. Anytime, we can do this again sometime. Looking forward.